Episode 6, Season 4 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me this week, my co-host Bex. Good afternoon. And making his debut, Ian Morton from Galway. Hi. Right, um, we've got a lot to cover. Dortmund, middle of the week, um, yesterday's match, questions um, from listeners, um, all that usual shite. Um, but before we do that, Ian, it's your first time on the podcast, um, as with any new guests. Um, how did you get bitten by the Spurs bug? Well, Jav, um, my father was born in Islington and he passed it on to my sister, Mary, which many people would know from the podcast here as well. And I didn't have much of a choice, really. (laughs) Between the two of them, them, it was uh, basically passed on, really. And everyone around me really supported Manchester United or Liverpool here, so... It was nice to be a bit different. Went to school a bit different. It was the nineties, so I didn't have much to shout about. But that's how. That's really how. Well, there's so. there's plenty to shout about now. Um, certainly, yeah, absolutely. The last yeah. few years. Um, talking of which, so we played Dortmund middle middle of the week. Um, I was at Wembley, and I couldn't help thinking twelve months ago um, when we kicked off our Champions League campaign then. Um, Wembley Stadium was 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 packed. It was what best part of ninety thousand um, a year ago. Expectations were really high, and it started off badly, and and the campaign didn't 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 really kick off. Um, c- complete contrast on on Wednesday against Dortmund. That the attendance was still impressive, sixty seven thousand, but that's still a lot, a lot less than um, than than the full capacity. But what a, what a, what a performance from from Spurs. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, absolutely a complete contrast from last year, really. I was there with you that last the first game last year, and we never really took off. Whereas this year, we seem to have planned more for the team we were playing rather than play our own game. I think we let Dortmund come on to us and countered and... Just played the single game rather than our own game plan. Mm. It seemed to work. So I think that's... I think we did have quite a lot of luck. I think the referee was shocking. Uh, yeah. I think he really does need to go away and read some rules. Um, they <laughs> pressed us really hard. I've never. It's a long time since I've seen possession stats like that against us. They are invariably reversed, and it's it was quite bizarre to be on the receiving end of so much pressure because we're not normally normally we are the team that are pushing it all so that was yeah. a little bit strange actually from that point of view it was it's very clinical performance we, we did what we had to do we got the three points Dortmund are arguably the, the team that we're going to assuming that Madrid are going to win the group that, that we're going to be fighting um, uh, for that second spot um, you know a draw would have been okay 
but to get the three points and and as you said Ian I think that the style was very different we didn't we didn't play our usual game and I think the danger was if if we had played our usual game uh possession we'd have been on the end of a hammering yeah absolutely yeah. they would have they would have done what um Liverpool for example under Klopp have done to us and to some degree City tried to at that at, at um the at Etihad, the, um, Etihad. Etihad last year last yeah. year um, we sat back, and I think the possession stats. Yeah, they had they had a lot lot more possession than us, but but we hit them on the break. Um, and I, I hope that we can show that different style um, in, in in games further further down the line. You know, for example, against against Liverpool, and not just for single matches, not just play the play that way for the full ninety minutes. I think I think we should be able to mix it up, um, and but not you know not just always play a high press game. Um, of the players that that played on um, on Wednesday, obviously Kane, a couple of goals there, really good performance. Son as well, fantastic strike. Um, was I alone in thinking when Son had the, had the ball? I kept thinking, cross it, cross it, cross it, just fucking cross the ball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not especially. Um, I think he could have done more, perhaps. But then equally, I think he is not one of the first names on the team sheet necessarily. And maybe he's looking to make part of the Champions League squad as a first team, as, as an automatic. So maybe he was trying to make a little bit of a name for himself. And obviously that first goal, that what, three minutes was that? Was stunning. Helped by the fact that their yeah. keeper was gash. Seriously rubbish. But he did really well with that. Controlled it, managed it. Why wouldn't he try it again? Confidence is high for him, I think. I would say that he does look to be playing with a bit more confidence. Um, you're right. Like He was injured the, the first couple of games of the season with the arm. I know he came on and whatever. And he's not an automatic starter. But he's probably the first name on the list. He's probably the 12th man straight away. Like, yeah. He can change games. And... I don't, I don't know. I wasn't shouting cross at him all the time because he does cut in and he does score crackers every once in a while or create something. And I thought on Wednesday night, he was, I thought he was good. And was, it was a different game plan to what we usually see. We're not used to seeing that. So I don't know how I'd be feel about him going playing that way in the future, but I was happy enough with him mm. in the Dortmund game. And some could have had a second as well, um, where he, I mean, he did the hard work and cut in, but yeah. his finish was poor. Um, the other standout performances uh, for me from Wednesday night were Kane and Son. Um, Ericsson, I thought, did really well. And uh, um, Sanchez, again, I think looked really... Very good, yeah. Really good at the yeah. back. Very, if you take away the obvious thing, you know, that his pace and his strength, I think his awareness of what's around him... Um, both in terms of threats, but also positionally where where Toby is and and, and where Jan is, and I think he gives them that reassurance that they're not they've got confidence in him. It's not as if yeah. it doesn't feel like it's somebody coming in out of the cold or this young twenty one year old. I think it, it, he just feels really comfortable playing alongside. He looked them. really settled. He looked like. He'd been there. It looked like that was a back three that had been playing like that for a couple of years. Mm. Yeah. 
Absolutely, yeah. He does look. He does seem to have settled very quickly, and he does seem yeah. to have um, a football brain. Which is very helpful. He's um, to say, well, it's very helpful to settle in with the two boys that have played together for a couple of seasons already time. together. Like, do you know what I mean? And well, yeah, at the Ajax as well and international. So they, he, he does have. He has settled in very well in the first couple of games we've seen him in, and it's definitely something to look forward to into the future as well. The the other two players I thought did really well. One of them is obviously Davison. Um, Oreo, sorry, Uria, um, Oreo's chocolate or biscuit. Um, Uria, <laughs> Uria, um, yeah, he looked, I, I, thought, I thought first half he looked quiet. He just didn't really get into the game. And then I think as the game grew on, he started to impose himself a lot of pace. He was, uh, there was no prisoners being taken by Aurier on Wednesday yeah. night at all. He was very much at the, this is my space and you are in it. And, oh no, you're not anymore. And thanks very much. Goodbye. He was really imposing, I think. I think he did really, really well. I was really pleased with him on Wednesday. I think in the first half when he dummied the, the header out of the box oh. and then ran down the wing with the ball, that was pretty much him yeah, he was quiet up to that point. I think he announced himself at that stage. He really burst out with the ball that time, and I think he made a. I think he got a good, a good cheer. I kind of endeared himself. Yes. And we can expect some more of that from him. So. That's yeah, and he just needs to play. He just needs to be a little bit smart with that. It's very. It's great being so physical and having the ability to do stuff. You just need to manage it. I think there's a very fine line between how physical you can be in the league without referees going, okay, I've had enough. Yeah. So, so long as he tempers that, oh, what a great player. Absolutely, yeah. And a good keeps signing. his mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah, off the field especially, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> uh, ben Davis was the other one who I thought played really well. Um, he's obviously started well for us in the in in the league. Um, there's you know, various stats going around saying that he's in the Premier League made the most amount of um, I think critical passes or game defining passes passes that have led to attacks or shots on target um, and it played really well again on Thursday, looked very solid, made a few good interceptions, I think possibly it was Kane's second goal if you if you look back at that, I was looking back at, back at the replay for that and he's right up in the penalty box you know, for somebody who's supposed to be a steady fullback and doesn't quite have the burst and dynamism of Danny Rose, uh, he's he's playing really well. Yeah, but then he, like we said, you know, he's got a solid back three. It's not like we're playing where he needs to have that ability to go back and help defend because the three at the back are really solid. Mm. So he can just let loose a little bit, kind of relax into his game. And maybe this is actually the player that he always was, and we were just trying to make him into something else. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, um, yeah. I think if he wants to make the left back or the left wing back position his own, his attacking needed to get better, and so far it seems to have vastly improved. So I think he has to do that for himself. Um, I presume Pochettino would have been impressing that on him as well, like because our wing backs do need to attack. Yeah, it's part of the game we play, especially in the league, especially playing the back three. 
your two wing backs need to attack and Davis has looked very attacking this year. He's defending has been pretty decent as well. So all around he's started very well, I think. Mm. It's interesting he he signed for us um when Pochettino came in, pretty much. Um Yeah. And he's always strikes me as one of these players that will just much like Trippier as well, will just go away. Go about doing his business. He won't complain. He won't. You won't hear him, like certain others, try to engineer a move away, um, or, or open his heart out to tabloid papers. Um, and you know, in 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 many senses, if anything, he sh- you would think he'd be justified to do that in the fact that often he's had to play second fiddle to Danny Rose. Often his game time has been limited, but he's he's never whinged about it. He just gets gets on, does his business shows the right attitude is willing to learn um and i can see him but being around at spurs for, for a very long time and certainly at the moment he, he's staked a real claim that that's he is he's he's our first choice left back and, and as and when danny rose if if he does come back into the team or, or back into contention should i say he's got a fight on his hands rose Yep, absolutely. And I think for Davis as well, the fact that he is allowed to do what he was doing on Wednesday, that little bit more attacking, is not going to make Chris Coleman not want to select him, is it? For a a national level. So he's he's pretty much walking into the Wales team now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that coming to Spurs and having that, all right, so he hasn't been the first choice because of Rose. Which is good because Rose was an exceptional player and fitted in really well. But the team has changed. Like, you know, if you look at it, we've lost that right the, the right side of the ability because Walker and Trippier are not the same players. We've changed to that back three with Sanchez coming in. So now might be the time for Ben Davis to explore what he does. And Chris Coleman is not going to sit back and go, oh, I don't want that in my squad, is he? So it's not doing him any harm, which might be why he oh, has complained. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So where do we go from here? We've got um, a week Tuesday, Applewell away. Um, you could see us doing that Spursy thing and going there possibly and shooting ourselves in the foot, or, or have we yeah. have we moved on from that as a club? Well, yeah, we've got no, say, uh, no, like your yeah, no Jan and no Delhi again. Um, and if you're a Spurs fan, then you're always going to be looking out for the Spursy thing. I think we're all have been tormented by that down through the years, but I don't know. We are a lot more clinical than we have been for years. So smaller teams usually don't get the better of us anymore. But yeah, it is. It's a niggling thing in the back of the mind, but it should be something. We should, it should be. I think we're professional enough to go out there and take care of business. I know they made life very hard for Real Madrid the other night until they got their goal, but. But that was at the Bernabeu, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. So they sat yeah. back and they made it hard. So, but I think we will. I think we'll take care of business over there. And mm. I'm, I'm guessing with the with Jan being suspended, this is exactly the game you want him suspended for. You don't want him suspended for the yeah, Real Madrid games, yeah, yeah. and you don't want him suspended for the next Dortmund game. So, from that absolutely, point of view, yeah. you know, worse things could have happened. Yeah, I mean, his his. Uh, at the time, seeing it in real, real time. Yellow. Well, I still don't get it. I still don't think it was malicious. It looked to me like he was trying to regain his balance. They had a tussle. The arm went up to to help him stay on his feet. 
and the player was just there. I, I don't think it was malicious, and that would be out of character, I think, as well. It wasn't, and Mario, yeah. Mario Goetzer made the right meal out of it at the time, but also subsequently, I don't know if you've, if you've looked at what he posted on Twitter, it wasn't too yeah. far, far off... Um, Sanchez, uh, bad Sanchez, not good Sanchez, um, and the incident that when Arsenal played Leicester with Robert Robert Hoof, it wasn't as bad as yeah, that, but yeah. it wasn't wasn't too far off. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, if we if he, it's happened, he's out for the next game. But that, that's the one game where if you're going to pick one. Um, well, I suppose we could afford to not have him play in that game. It, I, I know it's 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 a week and a bit away. Um, but I wonder, would 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 it be a, a match that Foyth comes in, or is Pochettino slightly conservative, perhaps, and goes with a back four, maybe? I think he'll I go think with the back team, four. I think he probably will go with a back four, and if he doesn't go with a back four, he will probably put Dyer back in yeah. defence rather than blood fight. I think. Yeah, the only in thing game like that. The only thing with Dyer, if he plays Dyer at the, in a back three, then. If Wanyama's still injured, we won't have any. Yeah, that's it. It's he's. will have to bring in. I don't know how long is Wanyama out for. That's the other thing. I think. It's, I think it's still a couple of more weeks. I think. Is, yeah, yeah. I'd be very surprised if he goes with Foyth. Other than if Foyth starts on um, Tuesday in in the um, League Cup game against Barnsley, if he if he starts and if he plays very well, then he might give Poch. Um, a bit of a selection headache or something to think about, but you know, Barnsley and Applewell away are, are very, very different propositions. Different game. Yeah. Or also, I think um, he's not too fond of not having a centre back on the bench. Yeah. I think he always likes to have that backup. And if he plays Foyth, we won't have a centre back on the bench, as far as I know, do we? I believe we would. We played him without you. Yeah. We played yeah. three at the back. Yeah, he wouldn't have a centre back. I don't. It just doesn't seem to be his thing. So I don't know. I can't see him playing him in the Champions League. I think he will play Jude tonight, though. Hmm. Um, also, with that game, um, should we win it, would go on to six points, and potentially if Dortmund are at home, I suppose they've got advantage. But if Dortmund screw up against Madrid, then that's that's already a bit of clear blue water between us and them. Yeah, um, and it's much needed as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, because uh, I think, sorry, Jav, I think last year everybody looked at the group and went, well, we're going to piss this. And probably, both, well, maybe players as well as fans thought it was just going to be a breeze. Whereas this year everybody's thinking, Jesus, this is going to be really, really tough. So it might be that Poch has gone, okay, so now we need to play properly. And that might also be the adjustment between this year and last year. I think uh, he's, he definitely has them a lot more focused this year than yeah. they were last year. Yeah. I don't think he's going to let them make the same mistakes that were made last year. Or indeed his own mistakes. Or indeed his own mistakes, correct, yeah. Well, I, I think what we've got is um, more strength and depth this season. And, and Potter's got probably, when he looks at the, his options, he's got more confidence, say, for example, um, in in... In, 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 let's just say Fl- Fl- um, Lorente, for example, um, who's obviously he, he came on the he, he came off the um, the bench and he didn't do a great deal. But I, from what I saw of him, I, I like the look of him in terms of yeah. with with the Anson. If the ball come, came to him, with, often with his back face to the goal, he'd hold it up. He was strong, but he seemed to slow things down. 
with Lorente, I didn't get that impression. He, he, he had the strength, he'd hold the ball up, lay it off, but he was on the move. He didn't seem sluggish and, and laboured, which I, I felt Janssen did. And that, that, that's actually not meant as a criticism of Janssen. That just might be the way he plays. A, a lot of footballers um, look that way just in their movements. It doesn't necessarily mean to say, I mean, a uh, classic example, Berbatov often got criticised for for appearing to be lazy, but that was just sometimes because the way... he was. Well, so it's <laughs> also. I think I think some of it some of it is to, is to do with things like running style and and how they how how certain players move. Some players might run around like a headless chicken and therefore give the impression that they're that you know they're perhaps they're quick, very busy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Lewis Holtby's of the world, and compared to Berbatov, who wouldn't run in case he messed his hair up, which is the way he was, and we knew that when we bought him, it wasn't like he suddenly changed. So it's no difference. But I did think Lorente was another one who looked comfortable. I suppose. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't look like a new boy necessarily. Like here is the team. On you go. Okay, fine. I think having that strength and depth will give Poch great confidence in in our European campaign, and I think that will feed back into our. Um, League campaign, even if it didn't necessarily yesterday. Um, should we talk about yesterday? Jesus. It, um, was <laughs> it was incredibly tedious. So uh, we had a few comments from listeners. Um, Ed Brad, will Hotspur waste he an awful <laughs> lot of shooting practice this week? Ed goes on to say, on the bright side, our defence looks solid. And that's our first clean sheet at Wembley since the uh, League Cup final in 2009 against Manchester United. Um, wow. <laughs> nice. Oh, ouch. Well, in that case, yesterday was then a good result, wasn't it? Well, from that point of view. So... Uh, well, we hear about this Wembley curse, and supposedly we, we put that to bed on 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 Wednesday night. But we, the fact remains, we still haven't won in the league at home. But correct me if I'm wrong. But yesterday, how much of that was was about a Wembley curse, or how much of that was to do with the fact that um, a combination of things like a shocking referee, Mike Mike Dean, just a joke, fake referee, my opinion, the fact that we did hit the bar, but for example, and we had a few chances, and they just didn't go in. Um, and it was just yeah. it was just one of those days, and we we had a few of those days last season. I remember Sunderland away, Bournemouth away, finishing nil nil. Even early on, Palace at home, we won that one nil. But that wasn't until until a Wanyama goal very late on. So there's yeah, you're, there's plenty of teams that did come to White Hart Lane and played the way Swansea played yesterday, and we struggled. It's not yeah. just Wembley. Mm. You know, yeah, I am quite bored. We really did struggle against Wembley break them down. Yeah, and we will do, and it. Is it exacerbated because it's at Wembley? Or is it because the press have got hold of this theory that there is a curse? Which, quite frankly, is the biggest load of bollocks I've heard in a long time. Obviously, obviously there's no curse. That is exactly. the press being the press and the media being the media and whatever sells papers or gets viewers in exactly. and that sort of stuff. But it, we're not going great at Wembley yet. We have, apart from the Dortmund game, we haven't been let. Bur- like Burnley didn't come to play football either. Like, you know, no, they just Swansea. Came to stop Swansea. Us. Yeah, Swansea didn't come to play football either. I'd much rather talk about a, any potential Wembley uh, effect on the team after we play a footballing team. Even like Chelsea didn't come to play us. 
you know, they, they, they can take counters as well, like, and sit back and defend on us. Uh, 11 against 11, two footballing teams, I don't think anyone's going to beat us. Mm. All right, we had That's a... Both, uh, we had a fair share of chances yesterday. Um, we... Oh, absolutely, yeah. We had all the chances. Were we at our best? Probably not. Were we... Did we deserve to get something out of the game? Yeah, we probably did. But you've got to be clinical. Uh, once again, we weren't. Um, just a few things that came out of the match. Um, the obvious one, that the, the team starts... Um, starting lineup right at the beginning no Ben Davis we talked about him earlier and, and how much of a good season he's had um, so apparently he was carrying a knock um, did Poch drop a ball by not picking him and playing Son as a wing back and should we perhaps have played a different system so for example gone with a bat four and put Vertonghen at left back Vertonghen doesn't he was like in... playing left back yeah that's it if Davis was injured, I would say Vertonghen probably should have started a left-back. It was for one game. It's not that much of a problem. Um, but, yeah, I would have, if the changes if changes were being made just to rotate the team, I would have left it till Tuesday night to take Davis out of the team against Barnsley. Uh, putting Son out on left, on left wing-back, shackling him to the left wing, which is where he was for the majority of the first half, uh, takes away his... Real attack and threat. He showed it in the second half. He was a lot more busy in the second half when he got moved out of it. And I just, I think, I think he did drop the ball. If Davis wasn't injured, if he could have played through that knock, I think it would have been a better option. So, but and I guess I agree with Poch here. He says Ben Davis has a knock and he didn't want to risk it. And he's right. It's right at the start of the season. Does he want to put so much pressure on a player? Already, knowing that we've got League Cup coming up, we've got a league match, then a Champions League match, and then we're back in the league again. Does he want to already put so much pressure on a player who is slightly weakened? Probably not. And we've just said it. We've got the strength and depth to be able to adjust and do things differently. So maybe yesterday's yeah. wasn't a perfect reorganisation of the team. But really, I'd rather have Ben Davies rested for the next league game or the next Champions League game, whichever comes in Poch's mind first, than play him yesterday. Yeah, but, and as you said... risk any yeah. further injury. Yeah. If maybe. there is a danger of injury, then absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And, as you and said, of course, we don't know because Poch isn't going to tell us because this is what he does. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't talk. <laughs> yeah. And as you said, we've also got the League Cup game on Tuesday. Um, and if, for example, if Ben did start that game, that's another game. And we don't have that luxury with with Rose being injured, of, of, of resting Davis, um, if, particularly if he is carrying a knock. I mean, the only... Uh, we had a question from Paul Jules from Johannesburg. He says, given that Ben Davis was not 100%, Poch should have played Vertonghen at left-back in a four-man defence, allowing extra man to push forward. We missed, we missed the trick there. Tactical blunder, unfortunately. Uh, Vertonghen was obviously one option, but the other one he could have gone, perhaps, was Carl Walker-Peters. Because he's played there for the England um, under twenties, so that would have been one. This is all though easy with the benefit of hindsight. Because if we'd won the match two 0 say it wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's got. Pochettino's got 
a bit of a dilemma. He's 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 got to make that decision. He's looking at the bigger picture, as you say, Bex. He's got we've got all those other games. We don't have the luxury of bringing in Danny Rose at the moment, um, so he's got to rest Davis. And perhaps by doing that, it might handicap us slightly. But we've still got enough quality on that pitch to to win the match. We should have won the game when you look at the starting eleven. Um, so I, even if you say it's a tactical blunder, um, I think actually what he did in the second half, which we'll talk about in a minute, was was far worse. Um, we still had enough quality, surely, to 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 beat Swansea. Um, on Twitter, a question from at Fon One K: Did today show how much Ben Davis improves us? Um, I like we were talking about him being out of the team and whether he should have been in. Um, I don't think Davis has uh, been taken out of the team really made that much of a difference to us going forward. We still attacked well to a certain degree. Um, I don't. He does obviously improve us. We he does improve us compared to what started yesterday. Son is not a left wing back, but. Uh, for yesterday, I don't think it would have made too much of a difference to the result. But um, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say really. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't see how he would he have influenced the game to that extent where we possibly have won. Mm. I, I, it's hard. Yeah. I, I really yeah. doubt it. I really doubt it. Like I can't see a left wing back making that much of a difference to the attack of the team, which is basically we didn't struggle in defence yesterday. You know, we had no, there was no problems there. It was all good. It was scoring the goal. And it if you're going to analyse it from that point of view, what else could we have done to because... score the goal? Yeah, because it's not like there was a shortage. Okay, not everybody. There was maybe a hangover from Wednesday night. Ericsson was a little bit quieter. Um, Deli Ali was quite a lot quieter. Yeah, he was shackled. Um, But so, what else could we have done to win that game? The only really to improve in the crossing was the crossing was very poor. The final ball in. Yeah. But even even when the ball did go in, it was being met by at least five. A wall of. Red shirts. Yeah, Swansea defenders. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think we so. could account for that. So I don't it is going to be a case, I think, all season of teams coming to get their glory day at Wembley and there's not I yeah. don't see there's a great deal that we'll mm. be able to do about it. Is there a magic formula for beating a team that come to play like that? No, there isn't a formula. Some days we'll get lucky, some days those off the post, off the side netting things will go in and some days they're not going to. And I think yesterday was one of those it's not going to don't dwell move on game yeah reading a lot on social media a lot of people post fans pose a question you know how how do we um how do we unpick teams that that, that part the bus as it were um and, and it's almost as if this is like a new um a new issue that's faced since way back since av B days, even since when Harry Redknapp was manager, teams would come to White Hart Lane and make it very difficult. If anything, at the moment, last year or so, um, we're probably the best place we have been to, to unpick those those, those yeah. def- defences. Yeah, possibly. You you might argue. I hear I hear 
fans say, oh, we need a pacey winger in our team. We don't really play with wingers. Um, no. And yet, yeah, maybe we need. Um, I don't want to put pressure on, on on him, but you know, somebody like a Marcus Edwards type player that can weave his magic and and run at players. Um, but we've still got enough quality, and you know, we we still at our very best. We can move the ball about quickly, make good intelligent runs, and and and, and open up defenses. So, um, yeah, it was just one of those days. Just going going back to the question um, about Ben Davis, how much he improves us. I think. What I would say is he's he's on for, he, like any player who's in form at the moment. Um, if you take him out, that's going to affect the team. And I think also with Davis, the balance of the team is 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 affected with him not being there. That the bigger problem for me was the second half. So um, Pochettino addressed the Sun problem and trying to get Sun to be more effective by bringing bringing him in the middle. He put. Um, Trippier out on the left and then Sissoko on the right and Sissoko did his did his thing that he does on the right hand side and, and didn't last um the full game and, and Uria came on. But Trippier on the left, I that really didn't work. Really, really didn't work because the ball kept coming to him and he's not left footed, so he kept cutting in on his right foot and he didn't he seldom crossed even when he did cut on his right foot, he seldom crossed. It was just like another pass a safe pass back to say Vertonghen um, I didn't think that particularly worked and then you could see at some points during the during the second half where we were just trying to get the ball out out on the right hand side we sort of almost given up of, of being effective down down that down the left I think that was a mistake by Bocciatino by putting Trippier on the left I don't think it worked yeah it didn't case, um, I don't think we'll see it again this season if Poch has no. tried it and he's not happy with it, he won't do it again. Mm. Yeah. Maybe it's Trip said that... I can do it. Sorry, Ian. I don't think he had too many options, really. He needed to get Son into the game as an attacking threat. And he needed somebody to fill in on the left-hand side. And Trippier seemed to be the one to do it yesterday. And it really did not work at all. As Javid said, like he did cut in every single time he got it. Um, anytime he did cross the ball in, it wasn't great. But it was mainly going for a safe pass back. And you're just allowing more Swansea men to get back behind the ball when that happens. Every time you cut in, you're not getting the first ball away on the wing. Um, Suzuki was never going to make it out there, right? So... I thought he actually he's had a decent start to the season playing through the middle, hmm. but um, not he's not meant for the right hand side of the pitch. He just does not suit him at all. So the cheer when he so. came off was that because Spurs fans thought he'd done really well and you were applauding the player that went off, or was it for Aurier coming on? I thought the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, it was a question. It's a really hard line because he didn't. He hasn't played badly. Yeah, necessarily. Just maybe not what we want. Um, I but Aurier, I, I, of course, I, I, did so well on Wednesday. So I did. I think he has started all right. He's, yeah, but he's a bit panicky in the final third with his final ball. But generally, I think he's, he's actually hasn't started too bad this season. Mm. Settled down but, a bit. Yeah, he, he does seem to settle down a small bit. But I, 
I'm no fan of him on the right hand side. I don't mind seeing him playing through the middle. I couldn't help. I don't. He's not going to get too many chances there when everyone's fit. Yeah, he's done okay. I couldn't help thinking, particularly given that he's played in the centre this season a few times, which is his preferred position. If, say, we had sold him, whether um, Josh Onoma would have would have still been at Tottenham and would have not been loaned out. And if that had happened, then it would have followed possibly Onoma would have got a few chances in a central position, which is his favourite position. Um, I know yeah. that's, that's all ifs and buts, but it just... just Seems it seems a shame that that given that he has played a couple of games now where he's prefer, where he prefers to, if if Onoma had still been in the club and he'd been given that chance, maybe we would have seen Onoma f- flourish. Um, question from Annette Smith: Delhi hasn't been his best for a while. The problem is he can have a bad game, but but then can just score from from nowhere. We didn't miss him much on Wednesday. Uh, she doesn't say my in my opinion. Um, should we rest him for the next game? Well, the next game's um, against Barnsley. So I, I, I suspect he probably wouldn't be involved with that one. But against West Ham away, um, I'll come to you in a minute, Ian. But just my quick thoughts on that. I was surprised when Pochettino took off Son and kept Deli Ali. On, on the pitch because I thought Delhi, whilst there's a lot, a lot of times where he doesn't do a lot during games he still pops up and score, scores goals and I'm fine with that yesterday I felt that he, he didn't pop up and score a goal um, he had one chance as I recall in the second half um, a header and his execution wasn't great and a lot of the time his touch seemed poor and I just didn't I didn't feel he was, he was at his best game and I was surprised to see Son's number rather than rather than Delhi. Um you can go on and, and, and say all the stuff about how he celebrated at, against uh, Burnley a few weeks ago that he's maybe not happy. Who knows? Um, Ian, would you would you would you rest him for that West Ham match? Did he deserve to be dropped? Um, I echo what you're saying there. The thing about dropping him for West Ham, I don't know if I go that far yet. Um, I don't know if I drop him for the West Ham game if he plays the same against West Ham as he did yesterday, then there may be a case for dropping him. Just to make him angry. So he comes back wanting to prove a point. He seems to be that sort of player. That um, he will prove a point when he comes back. He won't sulk. He will, it will annoy him that he didn't start and he will come back and he will. I don't know if I do it for the West Ham game though. I don't know if he was that bad he wasn't great yesterday, no. But he seems to be taking a lot of, a lot more punishment. He seems to be tar- being targeted a lot more this season. So than he was last season. So he needs to find his way around that as well. Mm. I'd give him a chance for one or two more games before I go dropping him. Bex, does he does he deserve a kick up the jacksy? Well, there's all this supposed agent crap going on in the background, isn't there? And the tales over the summer that Barca were after him and there is not of a non-footballing nature. And I don't know if he's old enough to handle that or if he's mature enough to handle it. And there's also the investigation from UEFA about the middle finger at, allegedly at Carl Walker during the England match. So there's a whole load of other stuff going on around him that isn't purely football that he can't deal with quite easily in the same way that he can with the um, the, the grief that he gets on the pitch. 
and it might be affecting his game. Although I'm not a big fan of players saying, oh, but this off-the-field stuff is affecting my game. Because for me, you're getting paid, get on and do your job. But, so I don't know. I, I think probably not dropping for the West Ham game. But do take him to one side and say, oi, you little toe rag. Crack on. Because he does need something, a shake somewhere along the line. I'm not sure how Poch will play Tuesday night. He might put the first team out against Barnsley and say, right, come on, see if you can deliver now. One of those things. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Question from John Steggles. When Lorente was put on, we didn't play direct. We didn't get that many crosses in the box. He goes on to say, Poch, tactically naive? I'm assuming John's playing devil, devil's advocate there with that last comment, but that, uh, uh, should we have done more to, to play to his strengths? Is that a failure of Pochettino? Is that a fa- failure of the players? Or, 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 getting to know... Like, sorry. I think there's a getting to know you period. Yeah. You know, he like, we, you do, he, he does look settled and he looks, he's an experienced footballer who knows his way around the Premier League. Um, but our players have only been playing with him for, what, two, watch. three weeks? You know? So, it's just... Uh, I don't think he was going to come on yesterday and we're all of a sudden going to start lumping the ball up into the box. But when we did, he got the flick on header, which led to the REA chance towards the end. Um, so it's hard to know. I don't think he was tactically naive, though. I just think it's going to take time. I think that's a brash, that's a brave thing to throw at Poch. Is he tactically oh, yeah, naive? Yeah. You know, it's not I like... Think, I think he was playing devil's advocate with that question. Yeah, but yeah, I know. Some people but... are saying it. So I've seen some certain comments. People are saying that Poch gets certain things wrong tactically. But in I wouldn't, games ne- I wouldn't call so him well naive. It. Not with the experience no, he has behind not, him. No, no, no. <laughs> and we've progressed every season under him. So exactly. there's very little to complain about for, for I th- us, I think. I think... If you look at the personnel we had on the pitch, right? If we, if we are looking to play to um, Uriah's strengths, we don't have Ben Davis on the left to cross it to him. We've got Trippier, who can cross the ball perfectly from the right-hand side, but he was stuck on the left-hand side, so he can't deliver any balls from from there. We've got yeah. Uriah on the right-hand side, who, a bit like Carl Walker, it seems has got strength, has got pace. I'd argue from the little I've seen at the moment, defensively he looks a bit more solid than Walker but his crossing is probably on a par with Walker it's not great so perhaps we don't didn't have the personnel on the pitch to deliver that sort of ball to um to Lorente um Ericsson perhaps but he wasn't top of his game yesterday um he was very shackled I think he was targeted from the start that was a Klukas that was kind of just... on him Keeping an eye on him the whole time, like that's the way it seemed to me. Anyways, watching on television, he just seemed to be. No matter where he went, Lucas was around him, and just trying to stop him from playing his normal game. I think he was effective enough doing it too. So I don't know. It's it's a hard like. I think give it time. If look in November again, maybe and see how Lorente's played when he's come in. And how the rest of the players have played around him, 
And then maybe I think it's too soon at the moment to be saying we're not picking out his strengths or no, we're not playing to his strength. Um, but we'll see. I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem with that. And actually, you know, traditionally Swansea have also played football. They haven't just turned up to defend. So maybe Potch was basing his squad selection on what he thought was going to be in front of him. So he thought Lorente would, you know, even at that stage of the game, he did think maybe there was a chance that Swansea would come play properly, getting towards the end of the game. Maybe they want to try it rather than just sitting back defending. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so easy. Maybe that's Could have been any thoughts, thought, yeah. Yeah, maybe that was the other reason for chucking Lorente on. Let's chuck one of your players on, you know, one of your your top scorers from last season and see how you react to that. But then. Um, the other noticeable thing about yesterday was was uh, the referee, Mike Dean. Absolute bellend. Fake, 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 <laughs> fake referee, fake referee. Um, Greg, should have gone to Specsavers. Yeah, Greg Taylor, perhaps the area penalty incident should be put in the evidence four box in the video replay debate. Um, Bex, you, you said that um, perhaps Mike Dean should be retired altogether. I mean, there was not just one. There was a lot of decisions that he got way completely wrong. Um, and I've said it before with, with bad referees that, that we've seen in the Premier League this season, last season. I, I want to know, is he just a shit referee or... Has someone given him a brown envelope with a with a with a, with a, with a wad of cash? Because well, so when I started to watch the game, and they said then, oh, Mike Dean's a top referee, but he hasn't refereed the FA Cup final for nine years. And I thought, hmm, have we got so many top referees then that a full cycle of when you can referee our Premier Cup final is only every nine years? Are we that over endowed with top referees? Because I'm not seeing that. And I certainly didn't is there, see any evidence of that yesterday that he was a top referee. I'm asking this now out of pure... I, I, have, I have no idea of the answer. Is it like the World Cup where you're only allowed to referee one? I don't think so, because we no. don't have that many top-level refs, do we? I would assume not, no. Well, you probably have 10... What, how many? 12, 15 elite referees that referee in the Premier League? Mm. Yeah. So it's not that many, and I would expect if he was a top ref, then he would at least, you know, have a chance. Anyway, so that just that was in the maybe that was behind my comment at the end of the game, hearing that right at the very start. Maybe it tainted my thoughts of him to start with. Um, but yeah, I thought he was shit yesterday. Yeah, he really didn't have a good game, alright, yeah. Really didn't. That penalty, because there were a couple of claims for a penalty, and he was waving them off. And even the guys, when I was listening to the commentary, they were saying, yeah, no, that was wrong. He's got it wrong. What annoys me with referees is, all right, they have a bad day at the office, the same as anybody else. But we never, as fans, and I don't know if the players and the managers see anymore, if there is any action taken against them, we don't see about it. We don't hear about it. So is there any programme in place to improve referees... Decision making, perhaps. I know Mike Riley runs the referees, doesn't he? Yeah, but what does he Ollie, do? I'm, is it is it one of those afterwards? Yeah, Berger and Neville Yeah, I think there is some sort of thing in there, but we we'll never get to hear about it. But is there a sanction if they fuck up at that level? I remember if they are fucking up decisions at a Premier League level. What is the comeback for them? So I remember years and years ago, Araya Rennie um, was taken off some games, some Premier League games, 
Um, he was, yeah, yeah. And I think he was he was then refereeing in whatever it was, a championship or uh, uh, lower league. And um, but I'd be, you're right, Bex. You don't hear about it. That, that's the only one that that came to my mind. But you don't hear about. There's no follow up. If well, Pochettino was pretty pissed off, and he's yeah. very diplomatic always in his response. And even even yesterday, through the the anger and the frustration that you could feel, he was he still chose his words very very carefully. Credit credit to him. But interesting that he referred to Mike by his first name. Um, just, just not you know not the referee. Just just said Mike. The decision that Mike made. Um, yeah, I, I, he yeah he, he was. But but that's it. Nothing will happen. Nothing will happen because Mike Dean is a fake referee, and he'll probably go on and he'll he'll, he'll referee he'll, he'll he'll referee another game. They're not accountable to anyone. That they they'll... yeah. That's sorry. That's my point. Is there is no accountability to anybody as far as the fans can see. So you can damage a game at this level, and then there's no comeback. So it appears that there's no recourse because the what the referee says is absolutely final. And for me, that was probably the best argument yesterday, one of the best on a series of arguments of why we should have video technology. It can't be beyond the wit of man. I heard yesterday, I was the first I I knew that in the Bundesliga they've started using the video referee. It'd be interesting to see how that played out this season. Um, Because if it goes well there, then there's really no argument against it anymore. Yeah. Mm. You know. It just makes football look incredibly behind the times. The, the tra- it, it is behind, yeah. Considering the amount of money you know that's available in the game, that not to use what technology is available to you the, does the, make it look. And, it, and it saved so much argument in football. <laughs> you know, it really would save so much argument. So if 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 Mike Dean, fake referee, hasn't taken a bung from I don't know betting syndicate or from Swansea or whoever, if he has, I'd like to know how much. Um, but if he hasn't, and he's just a shit referee, and, and as you said, Bex. They're not. They make mistakes. They're humans, and and that's fine. But if he, I'm, I've got no doubt he'll referee another top match next week and the week week after, and he'll consistently make mistakes over and over and over and again. And forget about the fact that it may or may not cost the team. Because if we if we'd taken our chances yesterday, we would have we would have won the match in spite of um, Mike Dean yep. fake ref. But. Um, <laughs> The fact is that the spectacle, the game that both teams' fans come and watch, is ruined by by, by people like Dean. Um, and there's no element of Mike Dean or whoever coming back after the match and saying, reviewing, reviewing some of those, not every single incident, but some of the, let's say, controversial incidents, yeah. and actually just saying, looking back on it and just say, I, I, I made X, Y, and Z decision because of this, that, and the other, and, and justifying it if he's place to do that or actually looking back at it on a, on a replay and said do you know what I don't have the benefit of of, of, of watching it on TV I, I had a particular view of it in real time I had to make a decision actually I got it wrong um, a bit of honesty wouldn't yeah. go amiss yeah I agree I think there is recourse within their own association I think there's if they do admit to making mistakes it counts against them and there's too much they're, none of them are going to come out and say, I made a mistake. Yeah, but you because can't... Because of that. I think they're going to get punished if yeah, they admit they... to it. Do you know okay. what I mean? Whereas you should be rewarded for admitting yeah. to a mistake. Not rewarded, but you know what I'm trying to get at? Yeah, yeah. That it should should be, be, you should be able to. You know, 
Yeah, without yeah. fear of having sanctions against yes. you. You know, yeah. I think that's I think that counts for a lot. Okay. Um, final thing on Thornthy, a question from James Parr. Um, I suppose that's a more broader question. What do you think the true solution is to beating a team parking the parking the bus? Play two up top now. I don't know if there is one. I'm guessing we'll have a better idea by the end of this season because it appears that everybody this year is coming to Wembley and that's what they're doing. Yeah. And they will continue to do so all season. So I would the suggestion say... if we can play all our games away clearly seems to be the better option <laughs> yeah. at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, improving or crossing will be one. Um, I don't think two up top is going to be something Pochettino goes for. It just doesn't seem to be in his uh, thoughts at all, really. Um, improved crossing. You need a bit of luck as well against teams that come and park the bus. Yeah. We just didn't have that small bit of luck yesterday. And look, we still we still create the chances. We, 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 yeah, we, there was nothing. We did, like we weren't awful yesterday. Yeah. You know, we weren't extremely poor or anything like that. Like, you know, like we hit the crossbar. We had a blatant penalty turned down. Um, Aurier had a stab at the ball in the last couple of minutes as well. He probably had a slightly bit more time than he thought he had. Them sorts of things go for you on a different day. So, yeah, I think we're okay. I don't think there's any major issues or worries at the moment. Like smaller teams are going to come and play like that against us, and we're going to get through them. Yeah, we, we so. con- continue to create chances. Just, just like we said before, be a bit more clinical. And, and yeah, there are little things that that, that, that we can do, like better movement a little bit more incisiveness just to to stretch teams um and possibly look in any situation like that it's those it's that little spark from a genius player so in the past it would have been someone like gareth bale you know cutting in taking a shot from from from, from distance now it's it's looking to say players like ericsson to, to open up defenses lamella when he comes back um so even harry kane you know Picking the ball up from outside the area, dropping his shoulder, yeah, running at player, yeah. dro- dropping his shoulder, t- t- taking a shot from distance. So it's going to happen. Um, Beck, Spurs ladies, any updates on? Well, it, I'm really bored with them playing, doing preseason stuff. I'd like it if they just started their league. It would be much easier. Last week, I said they were playing Reading, the development team, which they did and beat them seven nil. So. <laughs> It would be lovely if the lads were doing similar, but I say that almost every time. Um, but Reading are a WSL1 team. So the fact that we managed to destroy them so conveniently was um, is a really good thing, I think. It says a lot for this season. This season is going to be hard on the girls. Mainly, I think, because they're going to have to travel much, much further. Because they're part of the National League now, they will be going... So their first game is against Durham. They've got Everton in there. They've got Villa. So whereas before it was all nicely contained... And the furthest match they, the furthest they had to go from London was Coventry. I think this this season the biggest part of their problems will be um, their travelling. So yeah, seven 0 last week. They're still looking for if they can get games anywhere. <laughs> Anybody wants to go play them with a friendly, which I'm guessing probably not. Mm. Quite frankly, um, they had a day at St George's Park as well at the National Football Centre, courtesy of Nike. Um, so the girls all really enjoyed that. So they went did a full training session on the pitch um, and then they had the nice chill out time in the hydrotherapy pools and you know 
with all of the staff there to treat them like proper footballers rather than uh, girls that play on a Sunday. So I'm guessing that was probably a really nice thing for them. Um, might help push them to see if they can make it in the footballing world. And that's pretty much it until next good, weekend. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I like the fact also that they've kept the bulk of the squads pretty much um, that won promotion. Um, but also they've added a few... Um, They've been quite busy in the transfer market. Um, Lauren Pickett well, from Chelsea. Um. Yeah, but they've come on loan. So Coral Jade Haynes joined this week on loan from Birmingham City. So it's their loan players, and I'm guessing it's not dissimilar to anything else. You know, your fringe players could probably benefit from some time, regular time elsewhere. So that's exactly what the bigger teams are doing. And that's fine. I think that's going to work out well. Um, uh, Coral Haynes coming was delighted, was greeted with much delight by the, twi- the Spurs girls on Twitter. So I think maybe she's a local if she's trained with them before, if she's played with them before, they know her anyway. So that's quite a good thing that the, the team spirit is there and any new player that's coming in is immediately, oh, yay, look, you're here. Really, really pleased. So the team spirit seems to still be there as well. Okay, um, just briefly predictions on, so we've got Barnsley next in the Carabao Carabao Cup on Tuesday and then West Ham away next Saturday. Uh, Ian, if I come to you first, um, how do you see those two games going? Uh, Two wins, I think. Um, I'd imagine there will be experimentation with the team on Tuesday night against Barnsley. It's... uh, normally goes without saying these days at the early rounds especially so uh, it'd be nice to see a couple of players that haven't got a chance yet uh, I don't know if Marcus Edwards will get a chance but it'd be nice to see him if he does uh, he played very well against Dortmund for the under 19s there during the week so see him um, West Ham I think we're doing very well away from home I think we started well away from home Dale Loves obviously be up for playing us so it'd be especially nice to get a victory against them but I think we will I think we'll be clinical enough again I think we'll be back to our best again next Saturday Bex Agreed uh, I think an away game obviously is suiting us better at the moment for whatever reason um, be nice to go and smack the hammers Absolutely. and I'm not overly perhaps stupidly to say this so publicly I'm not overly concerned about Barnsley I think you're right Ian there's a good chance that Marcus Edwards or at least some of the youth should come in and play some of the, you know, I'd expect to see Walker Peters there. Yeah. Give him a good run out. Equally, I think it's good for the, it's good for the fans to see some of the younger players that are coming through, some of the players that have been talked about as well. Yeah, absolutely. So this time last year, we played Gillingham and Edwards came on for a a five, 10 minute cameo then, I think. And we've not seen him since. So it it should be quite good. I've got I've got sneaking suspicion that Delhi will be playing on Tuesday night because if his Potch, head is uh, not in yeah. the right place, I think Potch might be like, "Well, you can play then." And effectively, he's a game down on the rest of the squad because he didn't play on Wednesday. So I think Potch might use it as another to keep Delhi in in his match fitness for Tuesday night. I hope there aren't too many changes. Like you both said, I think Carl Walker-Peters would be nice for him to come in. Um, I'd like to see Foyth. Um, yeah. yeah. I'd like to see Ericsson rested. Um, I think he will be, yeah. Uh... And I'd like to see Lorente start 
ahead of Kane. Um, but but I think that's probably going to happen as well. Yeah, it seems to be what he does in the in the early rounds of the League Cup. Anyways, I don't know. It won't. I can't see eleven changes, but I think you'll four or five at least. Anyway, and probably yeah. probably. And I think Clarenta will will be one of them. Uh, probably Vorm as well in goal, I'd imagine, will come in. Um, yep. Yeah. All right, I'm predicting 2 0 for both those games, and I think West Ham will be difficult, but I think that, that you know, our, our away form, as you said, um, has been good this season. West Ham have been pretty shit, and we've also got that, you know, the, 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 the trip back to their ground back in May fresh in our minds, and I think there are a lot of players there that. I was, just, I was going to say that, uh, that that still stinks, so. Yeah. You know, I think that'll be a, a catalyst for them also. Okay, final two questions. Um, John Stickles, following on from the you only drink when you're driving chant at Everton, what are your favourite chants aimed at opposition players? Mine was the old Bobby Zamora song, when the ball hits your head and you sit in row Z, that's Zamora. <laughs> I still think that. That's very good. I don't know. I think probably the best one I heard was Leicester 4-3 a couple of years back. And we were singing, you're shit again, or it's happening again because they were losing. And they were singing, it's nothing special. We've done it before because they were really <laughs> they were losing at the time. And that really made me laugh. And again, that sense of humour that you can't plan in advance because you don't know what the fans are going to, how they're going to react but I don't think I have one specifically for players. Uh, the one I like is, I mean, John Terry's had a few. Um, Sol Campbell as well. Uh, the Sol ones I really actually care little for because just don't mention his name. Just don't, yeah, don't yeah. still be... Sing- move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. John Terry, um, the one... So it was sung at the Palace game last season, Palace away. Um, and it goes something like... Um, John Terry, your mum's a brass. Give her a quid and she lick your ass. Um, that, yeah, yeah. that, that's um, and there's a, there's a, there's a few few other ones um, about Terry um, and his mum being a thief and and, and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, um, right. Final final question, and this is one of those reoccurring questions on, on the podcast, um, and we've we've all at some point answered it. Um, so Ian, it's over to you. Another question from John Steggles. You're on a desert island. Who from the current squad do you vote as leader? And if it all goes Lord of the Flies, who do you eat first? Uh, from the current squad, who would I vote leader? I think Eric Dyer has good leadership qualities. So I see him as a future captain if he stays around. Yeah. Around. Um, so I'd go for Eric Dyer as leader. If it all goes for Lord of the Flies, who do you eat first? Um, Eric Dyer, because I actually want to be leader. So <laughs> that's, that's probably what I do. Good answer. <laughs> Moral of the story is don't upset Ian. Quite clearly. <laughs> Right, um, the next podcast, recording the next podcast, week today, next Sunday, day after the West Ham match, um, joining myself and Bex will be, hopefully, Joss Eddington, um, who shall, all things being equal, hopefully will be fresh um, from the West Ham match the day before. I, I, him, him and I are going, um, we think, possibly, um, if, if all things are equal. Um, Bex, as ever, thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ian, thank you for making your debut. Thanks for having me, guys.
and, uh, and until next week, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.